Scotty this morning that the Lord did a rewrite on my devotion on the way here, so this seems a little scattered that it's his will. I don't know if any of you have had the opportunity to serve and be the Lord's mouthpiece, but a lot of times my ideas and his ideas aren't the same, and if I use my ideas, it doesn't ever work out. And uh, I came in this morning with the notion of speaking on a different topic, but he brought me to this one, and then the song that Scotty sang this morning confirmed it. G.K. Chesterton once wrote in an introduction to his biography of Thomas Aquinas, as much as we need to win the lost to Christianity, more and more increasingly we need to win Christians to Christianity. Now he wrote that in 1908, and I find that if it was true 100 years ago, it's even more true today. Last week, uh, Brother Israel was speaking out of Joshua chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, you can turn over there. I'm going to read a couple of verses very quickly. You see, the condition of the church today is declining. Uh, we seem to have lines drawn in the sand. Some people want unity and are willing to sacrifice sound doctrine in order to get unity. Others are seeking strictly sound doctrine and they don't care about their brothers and sisters in Christ and they've become hateful and mean and bitter. And even on the Christian broadcasting networks, over the weeks I hear more and more and more of this. Either loving Christians capitulating in their doctrine or hateful Christians bashing their brothers and sisters in Christ. In Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13 uh, Joshua is getting ready to go. They have went into Canaan. And he says, And it came to pass, Joshua was by Jericho, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay. But as a captain of the host of the Lord, I am now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship him and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? You see, a lot of times we get the idea that the Lord is on my side or the Lord is on their side. And the truth be told, the Lord is on his side. He tells Joshua right here, he said, Joshua, I'm not on your side. I'm not interested in being on your side. I'm not on the side of your enemies. I am on the side of God. Now this is a pre-incarnate version of Jesus Christ. This is Jesus Christ on earth in the Old Testament. And you can tell that because Joshua worshipped him and he also spoke to Joshua with the same words that God spoke to Moses with the burning bush. He said, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. So this is Jesus Christ saying, I am not on your side. You are to be on my side. If you are a Christian today, Jesus is not interested in being on your side. You see, the truth is, while we're made in the image of God, we are living in a world that is constantly trying to conform us to its image. We are constantly fighting a world that wants to conform us to the image of that world. And then we turn around and we try to conform 
our version of God, our vision of God into our image. And that's what God is saying right here is that's not the way this works. In Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and not to be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, we're not supposed to conform God to us. We're supposed to conform us to God. In truth, the American church is in desperate need of revival. The majority of those who claim to be Christians have lost sight of what that means. Like Peter walking on the water, we've taken our eyes off of Christ and we wonder how, why we're sinking. And we ask ourselves, how do we get back on track? And I wrote down a few things here that I think we can do to get back on track. First of all, we've got to get our eyes back on the Savior. We've got to make Jesus the main thing. We've got to remember why he's our Lord, why he's our Savior. Secondly, we've got to get on our face before God. Nothing can be done effectively without fervent prayer of the saints. Not just dull droning words, but get a fire in your belly and get real with God. Secondly, we've got to get in his word. If you're going to pray effectively, you have got to be in the Word. Nothing is more effective than praying God's Word back to Him, praying His promises back to Him. I'll give you an example. If you have a stronghold in your life that the enemy has placed, pray back to God that you have promised to destroy strongholds in my life. You have promised that you are faithful to take out the enemy's strongholds that are in my life, and God will begin destroying those strongholds. Finally, we've got to start loving one another, lifting each other up, praying for one another, discipling one another, encouraging one another, and celebrating one another. Today, more and more, the church needs to be conformed to the image of God, and then we can conform the world into the image of Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this chance to come out and worship you, Lord. We thank you for being our Savior. Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for living on earth and setting an example for us to follow. Lord, we thank you for fighting our battles. We thank you for our words so that we'll know how to pray. Lord, we could just begin now thanking you and never cease. Lord, we beg you to conform us to your image. Help us to be what you want us to be instead of us trying to make you what we want you to be. Just help us to keep our eyes fixed on you and everything and glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.